LaMelo Ball's been on a hot streak lately. We'll talk about what exactly he means to this team, and it's time to bring it on out. We're going to talk about the NBA Draft Lottery Simulator. Can we get the number one overall pick? We're going to find out next. Locked on Hornets. We're locked on Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> it's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen, and we're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, by the way. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. I'm Walker Mayo. Find me on WFNZ from 12 to 3, and that's Doug Branson. You can find his Substack every Hornets box score on everyhornetsboxscore.com. LaMelo Ball, Doug, it's the reason we're watching. He's the franchise. He's been a lot of fun, and we just had the question in this game against Hawks, whether that was a performance that would rank in the top five, the top three, do we dare say it was the best performance of all time as far as LaMelo's NBA career is concerned? But really, we're going to do this first segment to celebrate what LaMelo Ball is because there's not a lot to celebrate right now in Hornets land, yet LaMelo is a reason. Doug, what have you seen from LaMelo here recently that has allowed him to go on this stretch where we've seen him perform extremely well, flirt with triple doubles, score 30, give you 15 assists. What have you seen here recently that is there a change or is he just starting to hit shots and it's as simple as that? Yeah, let's talk about those numbers. I mean, he had the 30-point game, obviously, 15 assists against Atlanta, but he had 33 as well. Um, Over the last five games, he's averaging 24 points, nine assists, eight rebounds, and over a steal a game. He has double-digit assists in his last three games. And I think this is one of the more important stats. He has six-plus rebounds in every single game since his return from injury. And Walker, I think it's as simple as this. We're seeing the old LaMelo. And that's that's silly to say because he's such a young player to like see the old LaMelo. But it's the LaMelo ball that we were used to seeing last season when they were racking up wins, and a lot of it had to do with LaMelo ball. I think it's as simple as, you know, he's he's weathered some of these injuries he looks a lot healthier. You know, remember when he first came back and he was messing with his wrists a lot? He didn't look right, you know, in terms of just the way he was getting up and down the court. His ankles, we know, have been an issue. I just think whatever they're doing and the training staff, they've got him into a better place than when he first came back from this latest injury stint. Yeah, I do too. And I think with LaMelo, I mean, of course he's hitting more shots right now. But also, I just, you know, I'm going to give you a taste of your own medicine here, going to cleaning the glass, which is your site. Um, yeah. You know, just look, looking at looking at his stats, you know, you see the assist percentage. It's been fantastic just for him individually. But if you look at just the way the team is affected offensively with him on the floor and without him on the floor, I mean, Doug, it's night and day. It is, it is hard to watch without LaMelo running things. And if you look at the effective field goal percentage for this team, when he's on the floor, they're 4.3% better in the effective field goal percentage department. That ranks in the 97th percentile with him being on the floor, right? So you're talking about LaMelo having that kind of impact for you offensively. The difference there is monumental when he's not playing for you. 
the turnover percentage, right? You're talking about him, you know, uh, also being able to take care of the basketball with this team, with that kind of passing, which is interesting. You know, at mm -hmm. least the offense does. The offense actually takes care of the basketball, which we've seen in Steve Clifford's sets before. But you would think maybe you'd have a higher turnover rate in the Steve Clifford offense with LaMelo at the helm, but they're actually taking care of it quite a bit. And so, you know, as far as the team is concerned, I I've been impressed with just his effect on the winning part of the offense, right? A team that desperately needs him, a team that can't have Terry Rozier run point guard, a team that has been without Gordon Hayward and LaMelo when he's on, he makes such a big difference. And we're seeing that quite a bit right now. Yeah, I wonder, too, Walker, how much of it is the circumstances around the team. Now that we are past the trade deadline, now that we are past, I think, any sort of illusions about what this team can be and any kind of you know miracle postseason run or, or miracle back half of the season run that could get them to the postseason, like all of that's gone now. And it doesn't have to mean that a team now isn't focused on winning. I think this team is very focused on winning basketball games. But I don't think they're so much focused on like what the end result. I think now they're playing a lot freer. They can they can focus on just playing better basketball together and, because that's going to have benefits for them in, in the coming seasons. And, and so I, I think that there's there there has to be something to that, that they just view the season differently. Everyone looks like they're having a little bit more fun out there, even when they're losing basketball games to the Celtics and the Nuggets. It just they look a lot freer. Uh, so so I think that's part of it. I don't know if you if you think that's valid at all. No, I do. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's valid. I, I do think they look a lot more free, but LaMelo allows them to do that. He's going to find guys in better situations as well. And um, and so 100 percent, I do think is as you're starting to dwindle down here, I 100 percent think that that is the case for this team. And final question before we move on to the next segment, how important do you think this final stretch is for LaMelo specifically? Right, because if you are Team Wimby, you want him to lose. But just individually, how important is this going to be for the franchise player? I mean, yeah, you want them. I think really, I don't even think you want them to lose. This is going to sound crazy. I think you want other teams like the Magic and the Pacers. You don't want them to lose a ton and like compete for the Hornets for that like fourth or fifth spot. But I mean, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in the next segment when we do a standings check. Mm -hmm. But I just look at the rosters for the Rockets, the Spurs, who they play tonight. They've ripped that roster apart. Detroit, they're doing all kinds of tanking shenanigans. I just don't think that's in the Hornets as an organization to do those kind of shenanigans. And I think the roster that the Hornets have is just legitimately more talented than the teams right now that they're slightly ahead of in the standings. So for, from that perspective, I just kind of want to see LaMelo play well. I want to see him develop a relationship with Mark Williams and if they're getting the doors blown off every night, sure, you get you get a Wimby sweepstakes, but you also really, I think, lose a little bit of future prospects for your team because it means LaMelo isn't playing well. It means that relationship isn't being established. So honestly, I would rather see those things happen and then win a few more ball games that maybe puts them, again, at fourth because I don't think that they're going to catch the Magic or the Pacers. So I'd no, rather see either. those things happen in the back half. I think this is an extremely important stretch for him because LaMelo had goals coming into this season that he wasn't really ever able 
to establish enough rhythm before getting injured again to really go after any of those goals. I would like to see him in this final stretch get to the rim a little bit more and get fouled. He's got to start forcing these referees to make calls, and the way you do that is consistently get to the rim, take contact. Maybe you don't get a call here and there, but you got to show these refs that you're serious about getting to the rim and drawing contact. So I want to see that, and and again – You don't see that if you're not focused on winning, if you're not completely focused on playing well every single night. And I don't think that's in LaMelo either. He gets on the floor. He's focused on winning basketball games. Yeah, I don't want them to look like dog bleep either, right? Like I want them to actually compete for sure. But at the same time, I'm looking for individual things like the LaMelo-Mark Williams connection. If PJ is going to be a part of this team, then can you continue to have a LaMelo-PJ combination that works well out there on the floor? Bryce McGowan's, how does he look, especially with the lead point guard, but also coming off of the bench, just whatever your future is going to be, whoever you're going to decide to invest in. Honestly, Doug, I mean, even Terry Rozier, you know, I I wonder if if he is going to be a part of this team next season and the year after that, if they're just not going to trade him, you know, you, you start to try to figure out, all right, who's important for some kind of foundation. And then that's who I'm pulling for. That's what I'm wanting to see. Not that I'm pulling against anybody on this squad, but if it leads to L's, okay. I, I don't want this to be a team that constantly gets beat, you know, by 30. I definitely don't want that, but this is also a squad that just lost seven in a row before they were able to get this victory against the Hawks and they almost blew it. So you're right. Spurs, they are losing at a fantastic pace right now. They've lost 13 straight coming into tonight's game. Detroit, they're three and seven in their last 10. That's like the Hornets are. You look at the Houston Rockets, I believe they're two and eight in their last 10. Yeah, that's right. They're on a six game losing streak. So I think they'll I think they'll always be within reach of getting to that last three spot in the standings. But ultimately, I do think you're right, too. They're not passing Orlando or catching up to them. Indiana, they're not going to catch up to either. And the Lakers, it's hard to see that happening as well. So, yeah, we'll, we'll do another standings check coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Let's bring out the draft lottery simulator, check on the standings, dive a little bit deeper into that and see if we can get the Hornets the number one overall pick, but also just talk about some of the scenarios if they don't get that number one overall selection this episode is brought to you by prize picks prize picks is a fantasy app where you can pick two to six players and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry no competing against other people it's just you versus the projections available and they have projections on any sport you watch that includes the nba the nfl the mlb men's and women's college basketball soccer Boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, so many more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. You have safe and fast withdrawals, and you can currently operate this app in over 30 states and even Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com and you can sign up today and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks gives you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks gives you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. More on Lockdown Hornets coming up next. All right, Doug, checking out the standings. Charlotte, they're 14th out of 15 teams in the East. They only sit above the Detroit Pistons in the Eastern Conference. Hornets are 16 and 43. Detroit, 
15 and 43. So they are only a half game up on Detroit. Now, as I was talking about Orlando and Indiana, we both agree that they're not going to be able to catch them. Orlando is currently 24 and 35. So they are, what is that? That is uh, about eight games ahead. They are eight games ahead of Charlotte. And then Indiana is nine games ahead of Charlotte. That's a lot going down the stretch. So I don't think they're going to catch them. What do you make of the Hornets placement in the standings right now? And just kind of how you would feel if they were the fourth team, right? Where you don't get one of the three highest odds to get that number one overall selection. You'd be cool with getting the fourth highest odds, but like second compared to the 14% that you get if you're one through three, if that makes sense. Uh, there's a lot of yeah, numbers you just threw at me. I, I, I stopped I taking math in college for a reason, Walker. Mm. Uh, here's what I think about the standings. I think that what the Pistons, the Spurs, and the Rockets are doing is absolutely shameful. It's shameless. They, they have no shame in their tanking. And you know what? I wish my organization felt the same way. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't. And that's really kind of the reality piece of this, right? The Hornets had the opportunity to, you know, if they were willing to take back, I think, some some less valuable con some you know longer term contracts bad money you know uh, less value than they think that certain players are worth if they were willing to rip this whole thing to shreds at the trade deadline I really think the Hornets could have done that but they decided not to because I really feel like Mitch Kupchak and company I think they think they can sort of ride this gap and and have a decent enough odds at getting Wemby or Scoot or even Brandon Miller at three. And then you have a good piece to build with and you're going to be bringing back some veterans that have played together for a long time. I think they can turn that, they think they can turn that thing into a possible, you know, playoff first round bid even as soon as next season. So that's the reality. And look, they, they haven't done enough to make this team uh, that bad. So I, I think you want to see them perform well at this point. Uh, and I don't think unless the, the danger walker really is that Orlando or Indiana suffers a, a major injury or multiple injuries, because I don't think either of those teams are gonna, going to pull crazy shenanigans in the back half to try to get into that fourth slot. Although crazier things have happened, but yeah, I mean, if Paolo Bancaro goes down for Orlando, you know, then it's not so crazy if the Hornets stay healthy that, that they could slide to five. That would be the nightmare scenario. Well, and the, the Charlotte Hornets have been as unhealthy as any team this season, so it would take a lot to be unhealthier <laughs> than the Charlotte Hornets. So if I don't know how much Gordon Hayward is going to play the rest of the way. I don't know when Kelly Oubre is going to come back. I don't know if they would flip-flop because that seems to be the rule of the Hornets this year. If you get a guy back, then you have to lose someone. You have to have a sacrifice. It was Dennis Smith Jr. and LaMelo. Snip, snap, snip, snap. That happened a couple times. And we'll see if it happens as you start to get some of these other guys back. I don't even know if Cody Martin is going to come back, Doug. So, yeah, what kind of impact does that have? Well, I, I wouldn't bring him back, you know, unless he was yeah. 100% healthy. You know, if there's any question about his health at this point, you know, I think you just hold on and say, look, lost season for Cody Martin. We're going to get him 100% healthy, restart the whole thing. You, yeah, you lose a contract year. Okay, well, things happen. Uh, but, you know, uh, luckily it's not something I think – you know, like a broken leg or something where you're going, oh, man, is this possibly career ending? I haven't heard that kind of conversation around Cody Martin's injury. It just seems like one of these nagging things that they've that has been tough to really pin down and fully, fully get healthy. 
So, you know, I, I think you, you shut that down. And Gordon Hayward really is sort of the hinge piece of, you know, what point does load management become, okay, let's play, let's look at Bryce McGowan's in the starting lineup for a few games. Let's, you know, when Kelly gets back, let's give Kelly a little bit more action to see what see what they have there and, and whether they want to retain his services next season. So I think all of those options are on the table, but I don't think those happen right after the All-Star break. I think that's things you're maneuvering, you know, in late March, early April kind of thing when you're on your last couple of games. But I'm ready to look at this tankathon, baby. I'm ready to roll, roll the dice and look and see where the Hornets end up. Are you ready? Yes, I am. So I did this on WFNZ, and I did it five times total. It took me three times spinning the old wheel to get the number one overall pick. But I did get the number one overall pick two out of the five times that I spun it. Wow. So decent odds and decent happenings when I went, you know, if they want, if they want me to come in and to be a part of the lottery ball process and be the witness, I would love to do so. We'll see what happens on Lockdown Hornets, though. All right, let's give that thing a spin, Doug. <laughs> I'd be smuggling Hornets ping pong balls in my in my pants. It'd be like the old logo that's not even in use anymore. And then right. it'd be obvious. Like, what's going oh, on here? Know. Is there Jeez. a Bobcats yeah, ball in here? What, how'd that get in here? <laughs> okay, here we go. Are you ready to hit the sim lottery button and see where the Hornets end up? And then we can look and see who they would you know, pick mm-hmm. in their mock draft. And fire. Here we go. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Oh, no. I mean, it's, no! a, it's, it's, it's no! demoralizing. Pain. Oh, well, see, I hit pain. the button. I'm the bad. I'm the bad luck charm, I guess. Yeah, they fall to sixth. Doug, this would on. be hold what? on. What? Let's talk about what would happen if that actually did take place. I mean, I I know, I know. Logical minds are going to come in and they're going to say this is a deep draft, and I, I can hear Nada mad at me already. I can hear Nada. I'm sorry, Nada. I'm sorry, but I'm telling you now, if we have to go through this. And then we get the sixth overall pick. I mean, that's that's hard to, to have this type of season that is a throwaway mm-hmm. and to have the sixth overall selection. You might end up with a great player. That might be true. But the sixth overall selection, that'd be tough. I'm just telling you, that would be tough to stomach. All right. Well, let's tell, let's tell people what happened. So Washington jumped up eight spots, 4.5% overall uh, percentage to get the number one overall pick. They jumped eight spots. Orlando jumped three spots to number two. And then all four of the teams that are at the bottom of the of the NBA right now dropped several spots, except for San Antonio. They only dropped one spot. But yeah, Charlotte drops two spots. They, By the way, right now, they have a 12.5% chance of the number one overall pick. That's only slightly less than if they were in the bottom three. That's a 14% chance. And they would have essentially a coin flip at the top four, 48%. But they lose both of those opportunities in this sim. They go to six. So let's look at the mock draft. So Tankathon has Victor going one, Scoot going two, Brandon Miller going three, then followed by the Thompson twins, Amen and Osar, going four, five. And then sixth, and this is interesting, Nick Smith Jr., Arkansas, point guard, shooting guard, combo guard, 6'5", 185 pounds, but but Walker, tell us about Nick Smith Jr. He hasn't played in a while, right? Oh, well, no, look, I you put me on the spot. I have not done a whole lot of NBA draft lottery conversation stuff. I do know Nick Smith coming into this college basketball season. If you were to look at mock drafts, the way too early mock drafts, everybody yep. had Wimby 1, everybody had Scoot 2. 
Nick Smith was kind of that third guy for the most right. part. Now you are talking about a Brandon Miller who has been awesome for Alabama this season. He started to jump up. I know Cam Whitmore was kind of in the mix and because of some, I think, injuries that he's battled, I think at the beginning of the season, maybe some struggles, he's kind of bounced back again. If I'm getting some of this wrong, I apologize. I've not done my NBA draft research yet, but I will say Nick Smith was the guy that seemed to be that number three piece right after Wimby and Scoot when we jumped into the college basketball season. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I'll just I'll just tell you, he hasn't played in a while. He's out indefinitely right now for Arkansas. He, no. I think, played five games. I'm looking at the game lock here, and there's three games here between December 3rd and 10th that look really good. High minutes and uh, 6 of 14, 6 of 14, 8 of 16. You know, big part of Arkansas's offense. Efficient, 22 points on December 6th, 21 points. So he can score. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, assist numbers. Again, small sample size, right? Because we just don't know enough from this particular season for Nick Smith and he he's a freshman so this was you know going to be uh what we're going to see because he's I think he's going to enter the draft regardless of whether he comes back for Arkansas or not but I think if you get sixth if the Hornets drop you know if they're in that fourth slot going into the lottery and they drop two slots I to me I think I know there's a lot of Cam Whitmore fans out there I know not as a big Cam Whitmore fan but I to me this feels like you know, the first two tiers, right? I think it's Victor tier one. And I think maybe it's three tiers, Victor tier one, maybe Scoot and Brandon tier two, because I feel like Brandon's going to challenge Scoot a little bit for that two spot. It's going to be a lot of smoke around that two spot. If Brandon Miller keeps this level of play up. And then I think the third tier is the Thompson twins. And below that is everybody else. So I really feel like the top five, if you don't land in that top five. You're going to feel super disappointed in this draft. Well, yeah, just kind of looking at the age right now, the Thompson twins are both 20 years old uh, and obviously, and then you have Brandon Miller at 20 <laughs> and then you go down. It'd be weird Nick. if one of them was so the twins. That's correct. If one of them was, uh, well, we have to figure out which one came out first, right? I mean, one is sli- one has to be slightly older than the other. And I think we that- should take that into account when we're talking about their, their, uh, you know, draft stock. Yeah, one is clearly more mature than the other one, 100%. Um, but yeah, so you're, you're. I'm trying to look at the age, if that's in any different whatsoever, and you are talking about some younger guys if you go a little bit further down. But well, yeah, Nick so. Smith, yeah, Nick Smith, 19. You've got Brandon Miller, the Thompson Twins at 20. Scoot's 19. Victor's 19. I mean, it's all 19-year-olds. Really, sure. the Thompson Twins are the sort of outlier they are. They've been playing an overtime elite they are the 20-year-olds, the, the the mature twins here. But look, man, I think if they landed at five, I was honestly hope – I'm kind of hoping – I was hoping in that lottery that they landed at five because the more I look at Osar, I know – I think I think teams are going to look at Amen and go, man, explosive athlete, doesn't get more explosive than that. Got to have that offensive presence. But Osar, to me, seems like the better two-way player. Defense, you need that defense on the wing if you're Charlotte. I'd love Osar, honestly. If they don't win, okay. the, you know, Victor Scoot sweepstakes. So, so it seems like you're coming around on. All right, if we don't get number one overall pick, it's it's okay. <laughs> seems <laughs> like I spent day and night me. studying these prospects because I'm getting into draft mode, baby. You are, you are, you're absolutely getting into draft mode. Uh, I'll, I mean, I should be. It's what we're playing for now, so I should be getting there. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. 
Let's talk a little about this game, a game that does feature two teams in the Wimby sweepstakes. The Hornets will play the Spurs tonight, and a certain former Hornet now plays for San Antonio. We'll dive into that a little bit as well coming up next segment. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and the calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. Built Bars are so good. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're healthy. That's why Built Bars is something you absolutely need to try. They are unbelievable flavors that they offer. Churro, peanut butter brownie, all of the coconut variations. Those are fantastic. I'm not sure how they do it. But I don't want you to just settle for a four-bar box if you want more. You can get that four-bar box. You can go to Walmart, and then you can get the box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, whatever. But if you want more than that, and if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in there and get a 13, yes, a 13-bar box with their new hit flavors as well. Brownie batter, I mentioned churro already. They're so good. Low fat, low calories, low sugar, but high in protein, high in fiber. Go to Sam's Club, go to Walmart, go to Built.com. Plenty of ways that you can get one of those delicious Built Bars. All right, one more segment to go. Coming up next, Lockdown Hornets. I told you the Spurs have been losing with the best of them recently. Um, they've lost 13 straight. They're 14 and 44 overall. They're five and 23 on the road. Ouch. All of that mounts up to the Hornets being a pretty big favorite, Doug. I don't know if you've seen the line for this game. Have you seen it already? What's the yeah? What's the FanDuel? What's the FanDuel line? Our friends at FanDuel. What do they have it? Well, the FanDuel line, I I don't have that in front of me. I just clicked on the ESPN. Yeah, go ahead and look <laughs> at that up. But I'll just but thank you for doing that. I apologize to FanDuel. Um seven point favorites is what I have for the Hornets right now. Honestly, seven, I, I mean, expected it to be double digit. Yeah, FanDuel has it as seven as well. So is that the biggest is that the 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 biggest favorite they've been so far this year? It's gotta be close, right? To be oh, a I can actually favorite. look this up. I can actually because I've been keeping right. track of of how Vegas is dealing with the Hornets, so I can actually give you a decent answer here if you give me one All second. Right. I will. I will give you one second. We can talk a little bit more about the Spurs. I mean, they've they've been losing a lot, right? They're on a road trip actually right now, and so it started against Chicago. They lost to Chicago, Toronto, Detroit, Atlanta, Cleveland, now Charlotte. So this has been a really a long road trip for them they also had a three-game road trip against portland la both the la teams there and they lost all of those so they are fantastic right now they are the team in the driver's seat i would say when it comes to possibly landing victor Wembanyama. um but um you know the hornets have dropped some of these games we can talk about them against the detroit pistons we've seen that a couple of times already so uh that, that that's a that's a losing Spurs team. It's going to be tough, Doug. All right, what did you uh, what did you get as far as that was the some favorite? that was some quality. That was some you are the radio professional, my friend. No, that it was, was really high, bad to be with you, but go ahead. That was some high quality. Okay, I can kind of answer this question. Okay, the reason I say kind of is because I don't. I, I could look up the line that they had against Houston because that's going to contend for sure. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that apart from that Houston game that I don't have the line for right now. This would be the highest favorite that they would be since the Detroit game back on December 14th, that LaMelo return game that they lost in overtime when LaMelo fouled out. They also were four and a half point favorites against Philadelphia back on November 23rd. If you remember that game, no James Harden, no Embiid, no Maxi. It was just 
they did win that game 107-101, but you know, Vegas obviously taking into account the fact that Philly uh, had no one. So, yeah, I mean, unless that – I'll take a look at that Houston game in just a moment, but unless that one competes, I think this is going to be the biggest favorite. And look, it makes sense, right? You know, San Antonio, uh, did you read um, – I wasn't listening because I was looking up the research. Did you read the blurb that I had from Pounding the Rock, which is the uh, San Antonio blog? I, I did not. I did not read that. I, I did mention the Detroit game, though, how we, we've seen the Hornets lose this type of contest before, yep. but that was it. I have not read the blurb. All right, so I got this blurb here from uh, Pounding the Rock, which is a San Antonio blog, a San Antonio Spurs blog. A loss tonight for San Antonio would set the mark for the worst losing streak in Spurs franchise history. In the 50-year history of the Spurs, they've only ever gone on double-digit losing streaks what feels like an impossible four times in 50 years with two of those coming this season. The current mark of 13 matches the losing streak that the 1989 team endured the year before they were joined by David Robinson. There you so go. History okay. tonight. And I think I feel like what we just did there, Walker, you know, what we just did. We just ruined. We just spoiled some some solid Eric Collins material that people are going to hear regurgitated oh, no. on Bally Sorry, Sports Eric. tonight. Whoops. Uh, here is something that is a little interesting, too. If you cared about the pre-draft process at all, this past NBA selection process, you can see some of the guys here on the Spurs, right? Blake Wesley is playing for the Spurs right now. I know a lot of people liked him coming out of Notre Dame. Malachi Branham was one of my favorites. It was Jalen Williams. It was Malachi Branham I really liked. Um, and uh, Malachi has been starting to play really well recently. And so... Yeah, not so much the uh, first stint, uh, the the first few months of the of the season. But if you look at the month of February, the last seven games or so, he's averaging 17 points, almost 50 percent from the field. And he is shooting 40 percent from three. Um, no Devin Vassell, another draft favorite of mine. Uh, you oh, do have oh, yeah. Keldon Johnson um, playing pretty well this season. But here's the thing about San Antonio, Doug. There's a lot of bad defensive teams out there. They're all towards the bottom of their standings. Charlotte, mm -hmm. Houston, the Spurs, San Antonio is the worst. They are allowing 122 points to, per game to opponents. And I think that is three points worse on a per game basis than Houston and Charlotte. And if you look at some of the guys that are considered the worst defensive players in the league by some advanced stats that you might research, it's a lot of Spurs that are up there. Malachi Branham is one. He, he might've been the worst overall defensive player in the NBA. Last time I checked, but there are some other guys that are up there. So Hornets are already coming off a, a near 150 point performance. Could they do it again against the worst team who is awful on the road? Could they do it at home against the worst defensive team? So that's something to watch for as well. Yeah, Spurs don't have a lot of uh, talent and they're missing a ton of players. You mentioned Vassell. They're also going to be without Romeo Langford, Doug McDermott, Kim Birch, Trey Jones, Isaiah Roby. Like their injury list <laughs> is extremely long and I'm sure they're not going to be rushing many of those players back so yeah this is an opportunity for the Hornets to close strong and and I know look this team has got to be looking forward to getting a rest so hopefully they're not looking too far forward to that rest I, you know they won't have to do anything for the <laughs> for the all-star game I don't know if that if you feel like that benefits the team or not honestly I, I do I think this team could use a rest this this team could use a reset they do, mm -hmm. You know, you don't have players having to have commitments over the all-star break unless they want to. So th I think that's actually a positive for the team. 
Yeah, I mean, unless you want Lamelo in the skills challenge or something like that. But other than that, I mean, it's um, it's going to be a rest for a lot of Hornets who are not going to participate in All Star festivities. All oh, right, go ahead. You got did one we mention? Thing? Did you mention Devonte Graham plays for I the forgot. Spurs? No, I did not. I was going to say, yeah, Devonte Graham does play for San Antonio. He was traded right at the deadline. I forget what the trade involved. I think maybe multiple second round picks because every trade did. But Devonte is now playing for the Spurs. He did play the other night in this box score against Cleveland, where they lost one seventeen to one oh nine. You did have that's Devontae. interesting, Walker. That's interesting because do you feel do you feel like the Hornets are vindicated a little bit? Because I know it wasn't like a, a vast majority of, of fans, but there were there was a contingent that really wanted to retain Devontae Graham after some of the amazing performances that he put on several years ago for the Hornets. They instead they let him go. New Orleans signs him. And now they've disavowed Graham. They said that didn't work. Yeah, no, they're validated. And I was wrong on this. Like I, well, and and I wanted, I wanted them to invest in Devante when you had that extension conversation surrounding mm-hmm. him. And, and I just, there had been so few good things to happen to Charlotte. I thought Devante and LaMelo, you know, defensively, it would be kind of rough. It would be really rough, but I, I did want to pay the 13 million for Devante And the first round pick, if you get a first round pick, this is what I said. I always thought that was worthwhile. I just thought they were going to be a worse passing team because I I did value Devontae. He didn't turn the ball over. I still trusted his shooting at the time. And and they decided to trade him for a lottery protected pick. They barely got that selection, right? It just fell outside of the lottery Mm -hmm. process. And they were able to get Mark Williams with that selection. So it worked. Um, and they're absolutely vindicated in it. And so, yeah, that was something where even if I valued the first round pick, I I would have been wrong to retain Devontae. And so now he gets traded again. Yeah. So uh, a little I bit can't believe here. I didn't bring this up during our multiple Jalen McDaniels arguments. But don't you I mean, you I feel like you have to trust. It, you, there's a lot of things that I'm not sure that I trust Mitch Kupchak on at this point. But one thing that I do trust is his evaluation of the second round selections, both making them getting value for them in terms of the contribution they can make for the Hornets, but also knowing when to cut ties and say, all right, we got some value here. Now we're going to move on. And they did that with Devontae Grant. They're validated. And yet you don't trust that that's going to happen with Jalen McDaniels. Are you so I just want to get this straight just real quickly. You're telling me Uh that we had a shot to end the show today. We had that (laughs) shot. We did. And what you wanted to do was say, hold on. Did you tell the people about Devante? And then you wanted to use that extra time Uh to resurrect the Jalen McDaniels conversation that you will not leave me alone on at all. (laughs) Whether it be group chat with David Walker, whether it be bringing him on, whether it be at the end of the show, Uh you will not leave me alone on Jalen. I didn't bring him up. That's two days in a row. We could have ended the show. And you wanted to bring up Jalen again. Look, if you want to do the Jalen thing, let's do it. Okay. If you want to do the Jalen thing, Devonte and Jalen, I was wrong on Devonte, even with even if you trade him for a first rounder. I did say mm-hmm. if if you'd get a first rounder for Jalen, then I got it right, like a lottery protected or a little bit more. You know that'd be just fine with me. Yeah. The thing about Jalen too is I was listening to Zach Lowe and other people talk about it as well. One thing I did not put enough to this potential trade was that he's good and he's going to leave an unrestricted free agency for another team. And so I wouldn't imagine them giving up a whole lot of assets because of that, not because they don't value Jalen. Look, man, if you go to cleaning the glass as well, his on off numbers help this team defensively every single year. 
He makes this team better defensively, close to the top third. He's right at that 66 percentile as far as the difference when he helps defensively. I value defense. I don't think he would cost a Devontae Graham contract and what he got. Like, what was it, 14 million for New Orleans? I think it'd be something like 10. Big wing, shot 38% from last uh, from three last year. Even if it was down at 32, it really started at the month January. And then if you go before that in a role where I thought kind of a little bit better suited, you're talking about Jalen McDaniel shooting 36% from three, 45, 46% uh, overall. Like I just think defensively is something I valued a lot from Jalen where you could put him in, whether it be off the bench or start and be really malleable within the offense and the defense. That's why I didn't want to trade him, right? Like Devontae, that's one where it's a little bit more risky. He would have had a bigger role than what Jalen would in this idea. But mm -hmm. but you, you got a first round pick. Like that's hard to argue with, right? Like here with Jalen, you're talking about netting one second round pick. And, and the benefit is, okay, now we don't have to worry about losing him for nothing. Okay, but now, now you got a second round pick, which is great. I, I would just rather take that risk of signing the guy that will fit into whatever situation you want and then keep him long term. Even the shooting numbers, they went down since January. There's no doubt about it. But and if you just don't think he's a good three point shooter and you don't think it's going to come back, that's fine. I believe in it a little bit more. But, yeah, that's why I wasn't a fan of Jalen. And I still think there was a lot of room and he's played pretty damn well for Philly the last two games. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes later on. The Rockets were a three-point favorites, uh, so this said uh, that yeah, this would be mm -hmm. uh, their biggest favorite. What were you talking about? Yeah, Jalen McDaniels. But ever oh. again, let's go to the end of the show right now. Thanks for making us your first <laughs> listen today. Now make your second listen game to game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow game to game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We will be back with you tomorrow, and I refuse to talk Jalen McDaniels. <laughs> and I refuse to let you refuse. Yeah.